everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man podcast. Prominent area conservative. That's what Pac-Man stands for or patriotic American citizen. I like that one, too. I'm Ted Flint, your host. In any event, we're going to talk about President Trump's last day in office and how significant it was and how fitting his last act in office. It speaks to what his administration did for four years, what he accomplished over the last four years. He was the most pro-life president in American history. And Monday, he signed a presidential proclamation establishing January 22nd, 2021 as National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Why January 22nd? That's the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, which made abortion legal in 1973. The proclamation comes as the March for Life, held every year since 1974 in D.C., will not be taking place this year due to concerns of the coronavirus and the tense situation at the nation's capital. They're going to use those riots at the capital to uh, to end a lot of tradition. That's the pretext for what I think what Joe Biden will try to accomplish over his next, I say, four years, but probably four months if he's lucky. But the president, President Trump, that is, our president, the president for 75 million Americans, half the country still views Donald Trump as their president. That's what's wrong with the country. The other half of the country thinks Joe Biden is going to be their savior. But we know who our savior is. But anyway, what the president said, President Trump, Monday is powerful. Every human life is a gift to the world, whether born or unborn, young or old, healthy or sick. Every person is made in the holy image of God. Bingo. That's what it's all about. He went on to say, the almighty creator gives unique talents, beautiful dreams, and a great purpose to every person. On National Sanctity of Human Life Day, we celebrate the wonder of human existence and renew our resolve to build a culture of life where every person of every age is protected, valued, and cherished. Is that the case in America today? Well, I can't speak for every American. I fear that life in America under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is going to be very difficult and very different than when it was under Donald Trump. He went on to say, because of the devotion of countless pro-lifers and pro-life pioneers, the call for every person to recognize the sanctity of life is resounding more loudly in America than ever before. Over the past decade, the rate of abortions has steadily decreased. Today, more than three out of every four Americans support restrictions on abortions. We know that abortions day is is coming to an end at some point. But the president, Trump that is, included his reinstitution of President Reagan's Mexico City policy, which basically says that non-governmental organizations that receive American taxpayer money for family planning uh, programs and for other family planning things cannot promote abortions. Now, that's going to be undone by Joe Biden. It may have been undone already with his executive orders. President Trump also talked about the case of the Little Sisters of the Poor, the Catholic religious order that successfully sued the federal government. That doesn't happen often. You go up against the feds, that's a tall order. But the Little Sisters of the Poor were successful. They fought Obamacare's regulations that would have forced it, the Little Sisters, to provide birth control under its insurance plans. Not going to happen. Will it happen now under Joe Biden? Well, we'll see. But the sacredness of life is fundamental, the president said, to solving our country's most pressing problems. Indeed, it is. 
just think of those 53 or 54 million babies that were murdered or have been murdered since 1973. If they were alive today, they could be contributing to the U.S. economy, to our tax base. When each person is treated as a child of God or a creation of God, we become a child of God once we accept Christ as Lord and Savior. But individuals can reach their full potentials. President Trump said communities will flourish and America will be a place of even greater hope and freedom. Then he went on to talk about the, the federal judges he's appointed. More than 200, close to 300 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written, including three on the high court, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. President Trump increased he named those three for one thing. They were confirmed, but he increased the child tax credit so that mothers are financially supported as they take uh, take on the task of having strong and healthy children. He did those things. And recently, he signed an executive order protecting vulnerable newborns and infant children. Now, why would he have to do that? It's a sad commentary that a president would have to do that to protect innocent human life, but he, he had to do it. The president also noted one thing that the pro-abortion forces don't normally mention. The United States is among a small handful of nations, including North Korea and China, two communist totalitarian dictatorships that allow elective abortions after 20 weeks. We do that here in New York State, right up until the time of birth and beyond the time of birth. Now we're like North Korea and China, and we'll be just, we'll, it'll be worse under Biden. And Harris. But I thought it was a fitting end to the uh, Trump administration, the most pro-life president in U.S. history. You didn't see anything about that on CNN. I watched CNN, especially uh, during the President President Trump's farewell speech. They were just maligning the entire speech. This J- it was Jake Tapper and I can't think of the other woman. She's married to uh, Alan Greenspan. Small woman, Jewish woman, blonde. They were saying in, in, in that Trump's farewell speech was full of puffery and full of lies. They also talked about how divisive the country was under the president. And they also talked about the first lady. Have you, did, have you ever noticed that the media never mentioned Melania Trump ever? They also claimed that the, uh, the first couple, former first couple, each had the, the lowest approval ratings in history for four years. I, Melania is such a, a a lovely woman, obviously physically lovely, but she is so has so much class and style and grace. She's so intelligent too, classy. She can speak seven language languages fluently. That speaks to her upbringing, her education. Trump chose well. It took him three tries, but he got he got the third third one third times the charm, as they say. I just, you know, to, to just malign the, they just were kicking him in the teeth on the way out. It's not enough they kicked him in the teeth for four years. They just, uh, you know, it's, it's, I get angry watching the media's coverage because all I get is CNN. I don't get Fox and I don't get Newsmax because I have a, a, the cheapest cable package you can get, as I've talked about. But why, and then, and then Mitch McConnell, I want to talk about him briefly too. Mitch McConnell, I read today, and the GOP establishment, they're trying to make sure that Donald Trump can't get on the ballot in 2024. Why would they do that? Why is the swamp, and McConnell is 
one of the uh, the you know most prominent swamp creatures in D.C. Why are they so afraid of Donald Trump? He was impeached twice for no valid reason, both on trumped-up charges. We know about the Russia hoax the first time around. The second time around, it was that, that he incited violence, incited an insurrection. I read the speech. He called for, he was the first one, as he should have been as president, to call for peace and calm during those, those tense moments at the Capitol on January 6th. Unbelievable. I read today, or my daughter sent me a, an Instagram post that said that, I think it was a, a public official in Tennessee, a mayor of Tennessee. I could have that wrong, but it, it was a Tennessee public official who is flying the American flag at half-mast, at half-staff, in the wake of Joe Biden's inauguration. And many conservatives are doing the same thing, according to Instagram. It's a wonder that they can even get that on Instagram. I can identify. Half the country is in mourning over the, the results of the election, the Biden swearing in and the whole, the first two days in office. It's a joke. Watching him sign these executive orders, wearing a mask, he looks so feeble. He's pathetic. He is pathetic. But this official in Tennessee joining a lot of people that are doing the same thing, flying their American flags uh, half-staff in the wake of the Biden inauguration. Speaking of Instagram, my daughters were, one of my daughters was telling me this morning that she, they, she can't unfollow the White House's Instagram page now that Biden is in. You know, they dumped Trump. They banned him. Now Biden's in, in place. The page is, I guess, is a bot that will not allow Instagram's followers to delete it. Even if they, they tried to delete it, and they, it's impossible. I said to my daughter, you ought to just get off Instagram. That's what everybody ought to do. Get off Instagram, get off Facebook, and tell, give uh, Zuckerstein or Zuckerberg there the heave-ho. Because he's behind all this. All right, on to the, uh, the COVID-19. Now, you knew this was going to happen. I read this morning a paragraph is all I can take of this. I can't find it now, but I guess... Uh, Dr. Fauci, who is now, uh, somebody sent me yesterday, he's speaking more freely because now he doesn't have, there's no repercussions, there's no uh, reprisals for him lying like he did for the time he was uh, working with the president, President Trump on coronavirus. But he's the top infectious disease expert in this country. He said Thursday that based on recent seven-day averages, coronavirus infections may be about to hit a plateau in this country. Well, that's good news. As Donald Trump said, though, after the election, you would see talk of coronavirus diminish. And I think he's right. Some are calling it a plandemic. I'm not one of those people, by the way. It's real. It's a real virus. And for some people, a very small minority, it's fatal. So we're going to hit a plateau. That's good news. Uh, in, in my county where I live, in Washington County, I think we had 14 new cases. I mean, we live in a very sparsely populated county. It's a big county. Large county, uh, land-wise, but not that many people, and that's why I like it. So, but I guess a lot of counties are seeing their numbers spike. Albany County's numbers are going up, but it's good news. Across the country, we've hit a plateau. It's unusual. Joe Biden will get credit for that, of course, in the media. He'll get credit for the uh, the vaccines that President Trump. Thank God for the for the for the president, President Trump. Operation Warp Speed got those vaccines in and out on the uh, available to people with corona or you know people to uh, take as a proactive measure so they don't get the coronavirus 9 months it took those companies to come up with a vaccine 9 months could you imagine if it were a Biden administration or any other administration it would take years 9 months Biden will take credit for that too no doubt 
Rush Limbaugh said, said yesterday on his website, he featured the headline, Hundreds Dead So Far From COVID-19 Today Due To President Biden's Mishandling Of The Virus. Isn't that the way the media has been reporting this stuff? That's how they reported it when Donald Trump was in office. Probably a little more harshly, more critically, as Rush pointed out. They had thousands of people dying every day because of Trump. Well, Limbaugh said it was maybe 100 people died because of Biden's actions in his first couple of days in office. How he's mishandled the virus. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, speaking of the, I mentioned the president's approval numbers, how CNN claimed they were the lowest in History for a president leaving office, his job approval numbers improved steadily after August 2017, reached 50% in April of 19, according to Rasmussen. And Rasmussen admits they'll they'll get some blowback over this poll. 51% in its final tracking. Final poll for President Trump, 51% of likely voters approved of his job performance. Those figures include 36% who said they strongly approve and 41% who say they strongly disapprove. Now, you're not going to hear that on CNN, certainly. They'll they'll say, that, as as I mentioned earlier in the the broadcast, they've already said Trump's numbers, approval numbers, were the lowest in history. They didn't cite what poll, but they've gone up. They were higher than Obama's when Obama left office. You can bet on it. Next show, I want to talk about Joe Biden's cabinet appointments because those ca- they're scary. He's got a transgender secretary for the Health and Human Services secretary, not the HH secretary, but their secretary is a transgender. What a trip this guy or gal is. We'll talk more about that on the next show. The uh, Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, that's promising. John Kerry, I guess, is going to be the climate czar. All these old Obama people are back in office. You watch. Somehow Hillary Clinton will find a way to get back in the Oval Office. That would be, uh, be, I think, one of the most frightening things. Although, I don't know. My wife and I were talking about who's scarier, Hillary or Kamala. And I think at this point, Kamala Harris is more scary. All right. On the football, big weekend in the NFL this weekend. It's going to be uh, the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers hosting the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers when these two teams uh, squared off in week six, the uh, the Bucks won 38-10. to 10. The Packers scored the first 10 points, then they were just drubbed for the rest of the game. Uh, there were two interceptions thrown by uh, Rodgers. That never happens. And he was on his back a lot during that game. And, you know, Tampa Bay's defense is, is smothering. They have a great defensive secondary, great pass rush. Packers pass rush, it couldn't, it's, it's okay, it's fair, but it, it could be better. They need to put pressure on Brady if they got a, if they want a chance in this game. I know they're four point favorites, I think, and uh, they were thirteen and three during the regular season. Looked impressive last week against the uh, L.A. Rams. They won thirty two to eighteen. Tampa Bay looked pretty good too, beating the the Saints thirty to twenty. This is going to be the marquee game here. The other game is getting less attention. I I think a lot of people are writing off Buffalo, but it depends. I think if Patrick Mahomes will play, and I'm not sure he will because he suffered a concussion, he may miss. This weekend's game. I don't think it's been, it's a done deal yet if he's going to sit out or play. If he does not play, I think Buffalo is, has a good chance to win this game. They're playing in Kansas City. Kansas City won during the regular season. They beat Buffalo pretty easily, but Buffalo's defense is very good. They shut down the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. They shut his behind down as uh, someone said recently. And uh, so I think they can, 
do well against Kansas City if Mahomes is not in. Even if he if he is in, he he won't be at full strength. So my predictions are the pack. I can't bet against the Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers uh, by a touchdown or so over Tampa Bay, and I like Buffalo to beat Kansas City. So my my picks are Green Bay, Buffalo. We'll see how they they turn out here. That's going to about wrap things up. Before I go, let me tell you that if you're thinking about starting a podcast, maybe one like this one. Doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be political. It could be on anything: food, movies, whatever. Uh, you can expand, and, and I hope to expand and have guests on the program and talk more about other issues, other, the cultural issues out there, and uh, certainly sports and a few things, and maybe things that might interest some of my listeners. But there's no better time than right now to start a podcast. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a time, just aren't sure how to get started. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you how to get started. Buzzsprout is the way to go. It's hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they will give you a $20 Amazon gift card, the folks at Buzzsprout. Again, just follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, prominent area conservative Ted Flint, sent you Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. That's going to wrap things up for this edition. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. We'll talk to you real soon. The good Lord willing. And uh, go Packers for Sunday. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more information about the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.